Recently, I had an appointment nearby a spot where I've often seen JW standing with their magazine cart. So I decided to stop by and chat with a man and woman there for a few minutes before my appointment. It's been a while since I've been able to do this, so I am thankful for the opportunity. Unfortunately, there are times when the traffic is so loud that you can barely hear the responses. But about halfway through the conversation, uh, he brought up a Bible verse, which gave me the chance to take my phone out and open my Bible app. That improved the recording quality a little bit, and without even thinking about it, I just held on to my phone for the rest of the conversation anyway. Because of the traffic noise, I'm going to start by giving a rundown of the conversation. Then I'll play the actual conversation for any who still want to hear it. I'll put a link in the notes below to the starting point of the conversation for any who prefer to skip the preamble. Interestingly, when I did grab my phone at that point, the man immediately walked over to me to see what I was doing with it. I wonder if he was worried I was going to take a video of them. Of course, I was recording the conversation, but thankfully that app runs in the background so he couldn't see it. If he had seen it, he may have assumed I was planning to use it to shame or make fun of them or something, but that is not my goal at all. Personally, for one thing, I prefer that all personal identifying information be removed before I share any of my recordings, because I believe privacy is important. And it's not about shaming them but exposing the false teachings of the Watchtower, as well as examining ways that we can engage with them and try to break through, helping them to start thinking on their own. But anyway, he could have just asked if I was recording the conversation, and I would have been honest about it. I always assume that may come up, and if it does, I'll stop recording if they request it so that we can hopefully keep on talking. It's wonderful to be able to record these things because I think they can be a great learning opportunity. But just getting to have the conversation is still the most important thing, regardless of whether I get a chance to review it later or not. Anyway, once he saw that I was looking at my Bible app, he walked back over to where he had been standing. He didn't stick around to see the verse I was reading, so I don't think he was just trying to follow along with me or anything like that. Nor did either of them grab their phone, tablet, or Bible to compare with what I was reading. Listening to the conversation now, I think it's safe to say that I'm a little out of practice with these quick impromptu discussions. This one felt more like a traditional cart crash, which isn't my favorite name for it, though I do understand why the term is used. I got them on the defensive pretty quickly, which is not how I prefer our conversations to go, though I guess that's pretty hard to avoid most of the time. And with all the child sex abuse scandals in the news now, I can only imagine how scary it must be for them to stand out there on the street exposed to any anger or malice that people want to express towards them. I think I did some things well here and some things not so well. I was a little too pumped up for the chat and maybe didn't spend as much time listening as I should have. I admit that I am introverted, so this kind of thing is not something I'm naturally drawn towards. I prefer developing a relationship over time instead of a quick drop-in. I also missed a number of great opportunities to refute things they were saying, show them watchtower contradictions, etc. But I had to pick and choose on the fly, so this is the result. 
The Lord has placed it on my heart to talk with Jehovah's Witnesses and whenever possible share the gospel so that they might come out from under the power of the cult and come to know the true living God. And I'm thankful that he is the one that works in the heart and it's not up to me. I am sad that I didn't get a chance here to really share the gospel directly with them. But I'm also thankful that I did get a chance to potentially put a stone in their shoe, so to speak, that might help them to start waking up. So here's how it went. In the beginning, I started with some friendly chit chat and took one of their publications. Their cart was actually pretty empty, so that was interesting. Then I asked them how long they had been Jehovah's Witnesses. She started to answer, but he ignored or possibly didn't hear my question and said something about an article on the kingdom in the magazine. It's really hard to hear at that point because of the traffic. From there, she shared how long they had each been in the organization. She joined in her 20s and he was born in and third generation JW. She grew up in the United Church, which I know hasn't held to any kind of sound Christian doctrine for a very long time, so I can totally see how someone coming from that background would be drawn to the Watchtower if they decided they wanted to know more about the Bible. From there, I started asking about 1914, and he made a joke about being around back then or something like that. He is older, so it was actually pretty funny. Then I asked about Charles Taze Russell's 1914 prediction, and she immediately tried to suggest that it wasn't a prediction, but just recognizing the prophecy in Daniel. Interesting rewording of what he was actually doing, of course. They really like to shy away from the failed prophecies in their religion's history, and understandably, I mean, it's got to be pretty embarrassing. I asked how he arrived at 1914 as the date, and I'm so glad they explained it was calculated from 607. I got a chance to point out that 607 was incorrect and that had been proven by archaeology, etc. And even the Jewish people have always recognized that it was in 587-586 BC, not 607. Therefore, if 607 was wrong, so was 1914. I had wanted to bring that around to 1919 when the organization was supposedly chosen by God, but we didn't get that far. I mentioned that I had read some of the old publications and that Russell was predicting Armageddon in 1914, not World War I. I wanted to jump on that one quickly so they wouldn't get the chance to suggest World War I was the fulfillment of his prophecy. I was then able to talk about William Miller and Joseph Smith and how popular it was back then to make predictions about the end of the world. I even got them to laugh at one prediction of Jesus' return in 1874 that didn't happen, so they changed it to say that Jesus returned invisibly. I think he knew where I was going with that because he jumped right into the we make adjustments when we need to because we're not perfect defense. I think I might start calling that the new light fallacy. So at that point, I asked if they take Watchtower's current teachings lightly because if they were wrong yesterday, why are they right today? This is the one time I almost wish I had a video of this conversation. She didn't say anything, but she gave me a look as if to say, yeah, that's a good point. It was such an encouragement, even as he continued to respond with the usual trained responses, jumping over to the subject of the Trinity to get off topic, etc. But maybe, just maybe, I got her thinking, 
even if it was just for a brief moment. That is my most exciting takeaway from the entire chat. After a bit of a go-around about Jesus and the Trinity, I did make a statement that no one ever believed Jesus was created. That was poorly said because obviously Arius did believe and teach that and had a following. And there have been groups that have continued that heretical teaching from time to time up through the ages. I should have said that no Christian has ever believed that. He adamantly denied Jesus' deity and eternality, even to the degree that when I pointed out Jesus is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, he flat out said, not Jesus. So then he brought up Colossians 1 verse 15, which I looked up on my phone. I read verses 15 and 16. This is when he walked over to look at my phone for a second. After reading the passage, he brought up the usual defense about Jesus being the firstborn of all creation, which I explained means preeminent. He tried to make it sound like he was the first created thing because that's what the Watchtower teaches, but it's not what the verse or any verse in the Bible actually says. Then I pointed out that Jesus made all things for himself, as it says at the end of verse 16. He insisted that all things were made for his father. He did not want to even consider the verse I had just read. From there, he switched subjects yet again to the instances of Jehovah in the Bible. I tried to show how the writers of the New Testament, what they call the Greek scriptures, almost always quote from the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which they call the Hebrew scriptures. Then he asked me, have you got a name? I mistakenly thought he was trying to step back and keep the conversation more friendly and personal, but he was trying to make a dramatic point about the importance of a name. I tried to point out that Jehovah has preserved his word, but he was insistent that it had been muddied. At that point, the sound quality was pretty good, so you can clearly hear what we were talking about. We had a bit of a back and forth about why they added Jehovah to the New Testament. I mentioned blueletterbible.com, which is actually .org, but that's okay because either one will get you to the right website. At that point, I could tell from their posture and the expressions on their faces that they really didn't want to talk with me anymore. So I had to go anyway, so I closed out the conversation and went on my way. Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Um, I like to explore different religions and, you know, I love to read the Bible. So, yeah. So, when I get a chance that I see people that that's great. are here talking about it, then that's cool. So, yeah. what have you got today? Any of our literature, any of our literature is free. Okay. Is I don't think I've seen this one yet. I do sometimes get a chance to stop by and grab one oh. from somebody. So, uh, but I haven't for a while. So, thank you. This one? Okay, cool. And so we also want... cool. okay. hear what can the Bible teach us. Okay, I do have that one actually. Yeah. 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 Cool. It's excellent. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So how long have you been with this one? Okay. 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 You grew up in as a witness. Eh? You grew up in? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I was in my twenties. In your twenties, okay. Yeah.
Yeah, do whatever. Um, yeah, I yeah. Learned, yeah. I learned how to color at Sunday school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, well, that's interesting. I was wondering if I could, because I do check out your website sometimes, yes. and it's, it's really interesting, and it's helpful because there's so much stuff there, so if I, you know, do a search, sometimes I can find some things, and sometimes not, and, um, I was wondering about 1914, do you guys know much about that? Have you read a lot about why that date? I was around when they were talking about it. Sorry? <laughs> I was around when they were talking about it. <laughs> well, if you've got that book, it explains in there. Yeah, I was just trying to, because um, I've read a bit of stuff about, um, so it was Charles Taze Russell who predicted 1914? Well, it wasn't a prediction as such. It was more recognizing the prophecy in Daniel that comes okay. from, from, you know, one stage in, in the development of the Christian church up to 1914. Okay, and so, but and how did he put the number 1914? That, he had that, it was like, calculated. It was calculated. Okay, yeah. but in 607 was not the year that Jerusalem fell, though that was 587, right? That's been proven, I've heard, yeah. so 607 wasn't right. So well, it's basing it on a false Jerusalem was taken twice. Right, in 587. But 607 wasn't wasn't the case, right? Like they've proven with archaeology that it was 587, 586, right? So it wasn't 607. So so where did he? I mean, that's easy to look up, right? Like that's that's yeah. just common knowledge. But so and, and actually that's the that's the year that the Jewish people have always recognized sort of memorialized as the date that they fell. So, um, if he picked it based on 607 and that was the wrong date, then how did we know 1914 wasn't the wrong date too? Like, doesn't it seem like everything has to be based on the truth of the right date? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, when you, when you look back at prophecy when it's fulfilled, we can see too that uh, what happened in 1914 yeah, well, and I've read, because I've got actually some of them, I have, I'm kind of a nerd, I like old books, <laughs> um, so I actually have some old, different religious books for different yeah. people, including some from Russell, and he was predicting that um, 1914 would be Armageddon, it would be the end of what he called the system of things, and, and it wasn't, obviously, yeah, so, so he was, he, something big happened, obviously, World War One happened, but yeah. that's not, not Armageddon, though. No. <laughs> so obviously, it might have felt like it after, oh, I'm, I'm after sure the I'm year sure. is going yeah. up to yeah. 1914. Yeah, that was like a really such a peaceful time. Yeah, well, and it was such a I don't know. I find it so fascinating when I read about the, the history of what it was like during that time for people. And there was, you know, remember like when um before Russell and Miller and those guys, there was Joseph Smith and. You know, it was like this really exciting time to predict the end of the world. And so they all had all these, like, it's coming soon. You know, they're predicting it, and they're, and they're they had all these different dates, and then, and then it didn't, you know, end up happening. So then they kept on, okay, well, well, we'll excuse this away that way and that way. We'll redefine it. Oh, yeah. You know, I think it was 1874, they were believing that Jesus was going to return. And then he didn't, so then they said, oh, well, he returned invisibly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll just sneak around that one a little bit. Yeah, you know. really on the times of the end. Just, yeah, well, and the Bible even talks about that right from... In the future.
others that doesn't support and correspond with what we believe in the Bible, mm -hmm. the Bible truth, mm -hmm. would change. Yeah. We, we would accept yeah. that because we want the truth. We're not here yeah. just for fun. Okay. And we are yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses to yeah. make a name for ourselves. Yeah. We're here to so, so you kind of take the, the, the sort of interrupted. You kind of take the um, what the Watchtower says kind of lightly. Then, like, well, yeah. they may be right, they might be wrong. They might have to change that again in the future because it keeps having to well, change. They have changed. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, because there's things, that, as you say, when Russell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right there. Yeah. Have you guys, have you guys ever <laughs> and they read even the said, mystery? They even Ooh. said the one man who went out <laughs> yeah. to give a talk, he said, you won't be doing that again. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're certainly not perfect. No, and I get that. that that's yeah. just the thing, like, because I always wonder about, like, because I, I just, I believe the Bible, and I don't take yeah. what man says, you know? And so yeah. if an organization's always changing to something new, something new all the time, change, 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 that sounds like something I wouldn't want to take very seriously because yeah. they're they're probably wrong today. If they were wrong well, yesterday, why why are they right today? You know? Well, my thing is that Christians are teaching that they are wrong. You know, we've changed them. Well, you, like I don't Trin know. Trinity, for example, is one well, thing. Well, that's interesting. Teaches. That's so interesting. So we don't follow yeah. Trinity. Like we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. How do you know that um, the organization <laughs> won't eventually recognize Jesus as God? And if they did, would you just say, oh, okay, we were wrong now, right? They're reading the scriptures. They're really reading the scriptures. Oh, yeah, I read the scriptures. We see that he was beside his father as a master. He had three human existences. Yeah, he's the son of the father. of his father. Well, it doesn't say creation anywhere, though, does it? Pardon? He doesn't say, the Bible never says he was created. No one ever believed that. Yeah, it does. Oh, no. I've read the whole Bible many times. I've missed that point. Well, I don't see it. I see that he's eternal. Even, um... You know, it talks about eternal father, talking in the Old Testament, that the father of eternity, which means he always was, always will be, he's the beginning right. and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, that's all. Not Jesus. That's it, yeah, Jesus. Well, yeah. Colossians 1.15. Sorry? Colossians 1.15. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I've got my phone here, I can look it up. I'm a Christian. Yeah. I mean, in the and and to define that, since everybody uses that word. Um, yes, because we're Christian as well. Well, I'm a. I, I hold. I believe um, the historic Orthodox, small O, not big O, like the Eastern Orthodoxers, but Orthodox um, historic faith. So I agree with what the Church has always held to. So okay. So Colossians one, you were saying. And 15? Yeah, I was like 15. Okay. So, okay, uh, 13, 14, 15. Okay. So, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Who's that? Jesus, of course. And what does it yeah. say in the beginning about him? Uh, the firstborn, that's uh, preeminent. Is what that means? First, yes, so the preeminent one, the start, the beginning of, yeah. which is what Revelation says. He's the beginning of all creation. So he, mm -hmm. he, and then it's, and it goes on to say he even created all things for himself. So, no, for his father. No, it says for him, for Jesus. But this verse says it was created for Jesus. He was created by his father, Jehovah. See, but that's not what it says. How many Bibles have that? 
Um, well, it, it was in that the Old the Testament. Chinese. It was never in the New Testament, right? Yeah, I know, because they felt that it was too sacred to put in there. Well, Some yeah, yeah. Well, and the New Testament was, um, the, I, I like I like churches, I like Bible history, I love all, I love textual criticism, all that stuff, which may sound weird to you, but <laughs> some people it does. But um, it's, uh, the New Testament was, the New Testament authors were quoting from the Greek Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Hebrew scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And so, and because of that, by that time, what they were using in those days, it did not have that. It had the, the tetragrammaton, not, yeah, yeah not like spelled that's out. So that's why we don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah and so, so, so uh, the Greek scriptures use Lord instead. You probably know that. Um, and so that's, so the Greek version is what they use. And therefore, the New Testament authors quoted from the Greek, and that's why it says Lord. And there's no tetragrammaton in the New Testament anywhere in any of the old yeah, manuscripts. Even though they quote verbatim what it says in the Hebrew. No, they're quoting the Greek. That's the thing. They're quoting the Greek but, Septuagint. But well, they can go back to what they have. For the, we ha we can we now look at the Hebrew. The Hebrew. Well, right. We can look at the Hebrew now, which is really yeah. cool. And it's neat. We can see the tetragrammaton. tetragrammaton. So I personally don't have a problem with... I know there are some Bibles that use Yahweh or Jehovah in the Old Testament for the tetragrammaton. Yeah. I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good idea. Why not do that? That's We know that's, that's there in the Hebrew. But I think it's important to recognize that, that God preserved his bible always he, it's his word it's the perfect word and so and he inspired it to be written that way why wouldn't we you know keep it exactly you know recognize that and say that's okay that's a good thing and so we're not going to change it we're going to re recognize that and now we can see it's really cool we can look back at all can the I all the manuscripts sorry i'm okay yeah have you got a name my name's janet god's name is jehovah yahweh yes i say yahweh yeah okay yeah so you can identify him from other gods. Satan right. is a god. Little God G. Is, a, is just like saying human. I mean, many humans on the globe, but when you there's only one God, name, then you identify it. Yeah. So Jehovah God, his name has really been besmirched. It has not very well. Sorry, I didn't hear you then. <laughs> his name is really being put in the mud to speak. It is not being carried on in the Greek scriptures where it's been quoted from so, the Hebrew. So you think that, that God kind of dropped the ball there? No, I by think leaving it that way? Have. Right, but he was he's preserved his word or he hasn't, right? Yeah. So but the I thing think is, he did. When you put Lord or God, right, it can refer to Christ too. And yeah. that really confuses things. Well I think it's really cool how you can you can notice that um, how have you ever noticed how like if you ever read through the Bible that um, there's so many texts in the Old Testament that talk specifically about Yahweh, and then the New Testament authors apply those exact passages to Jesus directly. So they're saying these two are the same nature. The Father and the Son are the same nature. So I think that's that's why it's okay to have Lord throughout the New Testament, or I guess you call it the Greek scriptures. Yeah. Um, which I find confusing since they were quoting from the Old Testament Greek scriptures, but anyway. Um, that you can have that and you can see now we can we can make a differentiation there are times specifically we know without question no, there's no like you know controversy or whatever where we can see that lord is referring to jesus specifically and there are times when it's referring to the father specifically so you know and we where it is translated we call it a hebrew aramaic and greek scriptures that's, right that's yeah it. so yeah. when it's translated in the Hebrew scriptures and is identified as being Jehovah. Mm -hmm. We've now put it in this, and it's being quoted in the Greek. We put it Jehovah in. 
Yeah, so, yeah, you added it in, yeah. So that, yeah. So that people can identify that this is the yeah, one that's speaking. Yeah. It was direct translation from what they were quoting from. So it makes it easier to understand. You know, well, yes just, and no. They have to pick and choose, though, I think. There are certain times where it seems like you can't really tell them which, you know. And so for, for someone like me who believes the orthodox understanding of Christianity, yeah. then we understand that's okay if it's like okay is that talking about jesus or is that talking about the father we can examine that but we don't have to say oh well this is only talking about the father so let's change that to only the father that's not the case so um we don't, we don't have that problem yeah. you know well, that's a, it takes a long anyway. time to study right? it does yeah it's awesome it's yeah. really cool if so many so many things available now that we can look at like there's um i don't know if you guys have heard of blueletterbible.com it's no. a it's a huge interlinear that has okay. several different translations, but it was based initially. It was started with the King James, which I think you guys are you guys yeah. have on your website too. We published King James. For, yeah. For yeah, yeah. So they take that and then they've got the interlinear for that all the way through the entire Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. So you can actually look up all the words and see what they are and do searches on them, and, and it, it's a, a really really helpful resource. I yeah. really like it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's it's handy. Yeah. So anyway, well, well, that's really cool. Thanks for the chat. And um, thank you for answering my questions. Sorry if I cut you off too much there. I get a little excited in these talks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's really cool. Thanks so much. Good. Stay thank warm you. out here, you guys. It's a little chilly it's today. better today than yesterday. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's a little windier and yeah, it's a little, yeah, ickier out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I should get going. So, but, but thanks for the chat. Yeah, hopefully I'll see you out here again one time. Okay, bye.